Welcome to Soul Essence Wellness Center's podcast, a podcast to help you connect with your highest self that features episodes combining psychology, spirituality, and energy healing. Please welcome your host, Zandra Haas, a spiritual wellness coach, psychotherapist, and psychic medium in Boulder, Colorado. Thank you so much for tuning into my podcast this week. I just want to give a little shout out to anyone that's listening that was at the Loveland slash Fort Collins Body Mind Spirit Expo this past weekend. There were many, many lovely humans that I got to sit with and do psychic readings with and so wellness coaching with. So giving a shout out for anyone that was there for bringing their brave hearts to come sit in my booth to talk about how to evolve your life, about how to stay in your highest alignment, and what to let go of. Part of today's subject comes from my own experience, and this is something that I'm still heavily kind of in the trenches with, so there's a lot of vulnerability as I'm speaking to it, because you're hearing my own process and understanding it, and also part of my lineage and awareness of this pattern that comes up in a lot of people around me, specifically uh, women, people that are female identified. And I noticed and have noticed that folks that identify as women really, really struggle with falling into the overactive masculine in order to survive. And I'm going to break that down in a lot of different ways and break down my own experience with it. But this kind of came to me today and over this past weekend, over the last few kind of big conventions that I've gone to, there seems to be a pattern. I'm always a person looking for patterns, looking for ways that we're all actually working on the same things, but kind of in our own way and sometimes in silence, which can be difficult. But there are... So many women that I see that come up to my booth that are just incredibly successful in so many ways. These are the torch carriers. I see so many women, sometimes with so many children, building businesses, caring about their families, you know, being the one to say, I can't stay in this relationship and having this heart fire, just constantly this this doer quality. And What's interesting is when I stare across, I often see in these these heart fire women, I see the gentlest, kindest, softest, most just intricately beautiful soul. And it has multiple layers of having to protect that softness, that gentleness in order to survive, in order to be successful, specifically as a parent in the society, in the career, um, or because of certain family structures. And it's this, what I've been kind of feeling in myself and also in some of these people is I've called it kind of a secret ache, the secret ache to be able to let some things go and to feel held. And again, I'll break this down a little bit more. There's something really important that I'm witnessing especially um, in older generations, I will say, I think it depends on generation, but a lot of times at these conventions and a lot of people that I speak to tend to be in their 50s, 60s, 70s. And 
I've noticed in a lot of women, there is this kind of overactive masculine. And I don't want to say masculine and feminine, if I break that down, to me are just different energies that are in the body. I don't think that female identified people just have feminine energy, right? That's like gender, gender identity, and sex are all different things, right? They're not all the same thing. Sometimes people kind of pull them together and that's not actually true. So for me, I think it's really important for people to have their balance of masculine and feminine energy. However, I've noticed that a lot of people that are women feel like they are constantly having to produce, constantly having to be in their masculine energy in order to be taken seriously, in order to be thought as a, thought of as valuable, in order to really feel like they're helping and doing things in the world. And so some of these women I see are incredibly powerful. The CEOs, the mom that has, you know, seven children, and also a healing business and, and all these different ways that they're just constantly outpouring energy. And when they sit across from me, I can see all of this heart fire and it's magnificent to sit in. But I, it looks like to me, and I think I've mentioned this metaphor before, it's almost like this fountain that is continually putting out water. And there's so, there's like a trickle going in and there's this belief in sort of this core of this fountain and core in the core of some of these women in their beings, that that's actually their purpose and that's actually their validation. And that's actually how they know that they're worthy because that's what's, that's what's been reinforced. And this is also another episode. I talked about this. This is where undercover codependency can also come in in a way as if I'm constantly producing, giving to other people that I'm validated as well. So there can be that cycle in there. But I cannot tell you, I wish I could describe in better words, and maybe you can feel this in yourself too, if it's lighting you up, but there is this secret wish, and it's something I've discovered in myself and something I've discovered in a lot of other women that sit across from me, that is, there's this desire to just literally starfish, to just be and float and feel held and to feel nurtured and to take in and to receive and to surrender, which is oftentimes a lot of what the feminine energy is. Not saying that the feminine energy can't produce or give or offer from these earthy places, but typically the masculine energy is more of this, you know, sun. It's extroverted. It's going outward. It's it's a space holder in a big way, right? It takes up a lot of presence. And especially for women that are older, in order to be considered capable in a lot of industries that were specifically male-dominated, it was almost like a lot of women growing up going into these fields had to harden. It was like, I can't fully express my feminine essence. I can't be in a soft or gentle or receiving mode or even in an emotional place. I have to actually harden and kind of be more in my intellect all the time in order to be considered an equal. And sometimes, and I've ran this pattern myself for years, especially when you're trying to achieve things, there's a lot of competition energy depending on where you're going in to, you know, occupation wise. And so I, again, I see these women in this overactive masculine state kind of burnt out, not allowing themselves to receive because they've been in this loop for years of doing and doing and doing and reinforcing and doing. And then I see oftentimes there is something 
that happens to their lives that puts them in a receiving place that's really difficult, whether that's an illness or an accident or losing their job or something happens, and then they have to be in this receiving, surrendering, not knowing emotional place, and it is so difficult because they've learned that when you don't know what to do rather than surrendering or hearing or listening or kind of being more in this feminine you know, receiving mode, you have to do, you have to create, you have to output, you make a to-do list, you think about it. You know, I'm, I'm from grit, Minnesota. So I didn't really understand being in my full feminine. I knew I I identified as a woman, but I was always in this place of putting out and challenging and creating and doing all these things. And how many things can I, how many plates can I spin all at once? Can I be in, you know, 12 sports? Can I be in six and a half clubs? Can I be the president of this? Can I take high school classes and college classes while still being high school? You know, I graduated high school at the end with three jobs taking college courses because I didn't like high school my last year of high school. So I ended up going to and taking college courses. So by the time I was in actual college, I had almost two years done. This level of pushing and pushing and pushing and outpouring, for me, I really lost touch with my emotional needs. I really lost touch of what was happening in my space. And so and tying this all together, a lot of people come to me. One of the biggest questions when people come to these fairs is how do I contact my guides? How do I hear them? I know I'm supposed to have this like spiritual support system or, you know, my intuition, but I can't hear it. And I will be the first one to tell you that intuition comes in a lot of different ways, but a lot of the times intuition comes from listening and it comes from more on a feminine, I would say, frequency. It comes in as a listening. I it, I will say there is a sense some people get words, right, or more of a clear sense of knowing where it comes in more of an intellectual way, but they think it's them. They think it's their thoughts. But a lot of times spirit works in nonlinear ways. It works in pictures. It works in feelings. It works in song. It works in poetry. It works in art. A lot of times spirit comes through in those wavelengths. And so when I see people sit across from me, but they're sitting in the overactive masculine and they're trying to do more, they're trying to create, they're trying to be kind of hard on themselves and put together a schedule of how to develop their spirituality. My heart just aches because I'm like, oh God, I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> I've been there trying to put together like the spiritual agenda for how to evolve. How many classes do I need to take? How many prayers do I need to do? How many goddamn malas do I need to make? How many, you know, crystal, you know, all of this do, 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 create, create, create. And it, it can turn into spiritual um it can turn into spiritual materialism, right? Which is where it's like, I'm trying to claim spirituality. So I'm going to claim these objects. So I'm going to claim this ego kind of story, which a lot of times is where we have a lot of colonizer energy and people that are trying to gain connection to their spirituality. But in the process, they're almost trying to devour other cultures' spirituality that have been oppressed through time, which is also a problem in itself. And again, this is a lot of overactive masculine. It's this colonizer. There's a capitalistic nature of I'm trying to take in and claim. And I'm not trying to vilify, you know, if you, if there's a crystal that you love, you know, like 
fine, great. You know, I have a couple drums hanging on my wall because I've been looking at my ancestral connection to drumming, which drumming is ancestrally comes from all over the planet. But it's like, how do I connect in with this body and this ancestry rather than maybe connecting in to an ancestry that I haven't necessarily been invited to or don't know that much about or haven't done research about or haven't had that respectful connection yet. So Again, not trying to vilify those things, but sometimes connecting in with spirit and hearing spirit has so much to do with surrendering. It has so much to do with the feminine energy. So if you find yourself in a place of kind of beating yourself up for not hearing spirit or wanting to bring more spirituality in, but you're in that space of doing, a lot of times it's going to take longer. So a couple years ago when I started doing these shows, maybe it was a year, year and a half ago, something like that, but there was one particular woman that came in and she was so bright as a spirit. I felt like I had to put sunglasses on. It was just this radiance energy just bleeding out of her. It felt like I was trying to like look at the sun and I was reading this to her and her face just had this super confused expression on her face. And she was like, you're speaking to something that feels like an old memory. You're, you're speaking to something that it feels like I know, but how can you access that or see that? And I can't. And she's like, what do I, what do I need to do? And she started listing all of these things she was doing, right? It was like, well, I've been starting to play with a pendulum and something's opening up there. And I'm like, great, that's awesome. And she was like, well, I, you know, I've been trying to, you know, do all of this. And she kept listing activities and it was so much sweetness. I could see all of this effort. I could see all this love, all this curiosity. And it was, it was fantastic. And she paused and I looked at her and said, when you're doing all of this, what do you hear? And she looked at me and said, what do you mean? What do I hear? And I'm like, you know, when you're listening or when you're, you know, working with this pendulum, what are you hearing in yourself? And she just kind of stared at me and she's like, it never occurred to me that I'd need to listen to myself. And, I, and we started digging, digging in deeper into that. And I said, okay, well, let's, let's take a look kind of at listening to yourself. What do the different voices in your head sound like? And of course she looked at me and he goes, what do, you, what do you mean different voices? And I was like, this is not like a psychological, like you hear different voices, but we all have different parts of ourself that usually speak differently to us in our head, depending on where we are, who we're talking to, things like that. And I gave her example of, you know, I think, I, I don't know if I've said this before, but you'll have to laugh if I have, but the, I have this coach in my head and I call it the angry t-ball coach. It's like the coach that comes in, you know, the coach that used to like run me wild playing basketball. And it, it has a little bit of a shame quality to it. it. It says should a lot, you should do this. Oh, you didn't do this right. There's a lot of commands that come out of it. And it has kind of a, an aggressive edge I'll say to it. And that to me, instantly when I hear that, I'm like, oh gosh, here's my ego trying to protect me. Here's my ego trying to give me commands, trying to help me. And I have to, I've learned to have some sweetness around it. And so I was explaining that voice to her. The next voice I said is there's this sort of childlike ache voice and it's really soft and it's kind of sad and it has a lot of judgment or doubt, but it's not about other people. It's about myself. So if I'm doing something and I see something and I look at it and I'm like, oh, that's beautiful. There might be a childlike self, the one that was told, you know, wasn't good at art or something that's like, 
I'll never be that good, right? It has like that Eeyore tone to it. And I'm like, oh God, okay, here's my childlike self that was wounded about that third grade contest that I didn't win when we were drawing aliens and I didn't make mine green enough, you know, like whatever. You know, I send some love to this. I'm playful with the way I'm saying it. But I started explaining the different voices and she was kind of laughing. She was like, oh, I guess I've never really thought about it. And I said, and then there's a voice in me that is really expansive, that feels really kind and they kind of throw things out there in neutrality. It doesn't feel like a command. It doesn't feel like it's a judgment. There's just this opening in me and it almost has like a musical tone to it. It's more neutral, but it's a little bit feminine. And I started describing it to her and she said, I've never thought about listening to what I hear in my space. And I said, a lot of times my intuition, my spirit guides, the people that help me make good higher alignment decisions for myself are not judging me they're not judging someone else they tend to feel kind like a hug and so I said when you're trying to tap into your spirituality or gain more sense around your essence or your inner knowing or your intuition there's a lot of ways to connect with it but if you're not hearing yourself if you're not able to kind of hear these different parts of yourself, you might be playing with something and actually getting direct communication. But if you're not listening for it, you're not going to hear it. And spirit is not pushy. Well, okay. (laughs) Spirit can be pushy. But a lot of times intuition wise, spirit doesn't always have a megaphone. There are sometimes spirit can come through really clearly and loud. I've had some people say when they've almost had an accident or something like that, they've heard stop right? And they don't walk into a street and then a car, you know, rides by and they're like, wow, I almost got hit. So I've heard people kind of talk about that level of just directness come through. But again, the command isn't judgmental. It's not mean. It's saving you from danger. So I often see that a lot of people, intuition just feels really soft. And oftentimes when you're in the overactive masculine, when you're in this overdoing mode, in this control mode, in this kind of I kind of think of it as like a closed fist. It's like this pushing, 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 doing, doing, doing. We don't actually open to surrender what's already there. And there's a lot that's already there. And I think that's the frustrating part is in our society when we have a capitalistic nature of do, create, outpour. There's not really anyone that's saying, you know, you should sit and listen. You know, how many billboards do you say here or Z that are like, sit and listen? You know, it's like, go do this, go create this. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, divine masculine energy of creating and doing from a place of I'm enough. But oftentimes I've noticed, especially in the United States, there's this overactive masculine that's in a toxic place of do this because you're not enough. Create this because you're trying to better yourself. But that core self that you are in the moment, now we got to like upgrade that. So I'm tying this kind of together. The overactive masculine to survive, especially for a lot of women, really dulls this inner knowing, this inner feminine spiritual sense of being able to bring this higher brightness out. And there's so many women, like I said, the secret ache is to actually surrender, to feel held, to feel honored. And so if you have a system that's been in the overactive masculine, sometimes there are a lot of problems that come through. Sometimes there are a lot of issues that can even come through the body when you're running in energy and it's not more balanced. And again, I don't really believe that women should have more feminine energy than masculine energy. I think it's really up to you. I think it's really up to how you 
run and how you feel aligned in yourself. So for me, I tend to have a little bit more masculine energy. I feel like I run probably a 70-30, 70% masculine and 30% feminine. And that actually doesn't feel good for my system a lot of the time because I love creating and putting things out there. But how I know it's not a good mixture is that I burn out, right? I get to a place where I go into victim role around, oh my gosh, I keep pouring outward. I just want to relax. I just want to do this. And so if you're wondering, am I in the overactive masculine? Am I in a space where maybe I'm running too much of that energy? It's probably going to show up as I'm fucking exhausted. I'm really tired. There's going to be a little bit of a victim role around I don't want to do as much or I'm creating. There's that sense of wanting to surrender or relax or feel nourished or to listen or to create things from an internal space rather than an out sort of space, right? So like the feminine energy sits more with the flowers and maybe gardens and feels it, but is in connection sort of with it and is receiving perhaps as they're doing versus the masculine might be with the shovel digging, you know, digging the holes, right? Or like putting up the fence posts around it, kind of holding the space in more of a magnetic, bigger way. So I don't want to say that feminine energy like just chills out and doesn't do anything, but it's more from an emotional sort of river kind of essence space. And so the difficult part that I see, especially coming up in relationships, is oftentimes there are conflict in relationship with women that are in the overactive masculine, specifically with partners that identify as male, because there's almost like a an unbalanced amount of masculine energy and it starts being in competition. And then I notice women will get resentful because it's like they want their partner to out-masculine them, but in order for them to survive or in order for them to be successful, they've had to have more masculine energy in their space. And so the secret wish is for them to actually trust and relax and to be in that nurtured space, which oftentimes if you're in the overactive masculine, that can also be a trauma response. That's a response that says, last time I trusted or allowed someone to come in, they couldn't really support me. They didn't respect my boundaries. And so I have to consistently put this fire energy out there when really I just want to be held sometimes. There's something so big about that. And I also want to flip this. There's also a lot of men that are in the overactive masculine all the time that are really wanting to surrender into being seen, into being honored. So this is not just women I see falling into the overactive masculine. It is also men. It's also men that are like, what would it be like to be nurtured or held? Could I actually like feel into what I'm feeling and trust that space in myself without shaming myself and saying, if I feel things and I honor these things, that I'm not masculine, that I'm not a man. You know, that's all, again, awful programming that our society, unfortunately, is sort of moving out, but unfortunately still kind of persevering. And I think there's a lot of people that know way more than me about the masculine and feminine polarity. But I am a believer that you want to have that polarity in yourself. You want to have a sense of masculine and feminine polarity. You want to really connect in with yourself and saying, do I have a balance? Am I attending to my emotional needs? Because I notice most of us are not attending to our emotional needs. Most of us, if we feel something in our space, if we feel an emotional um, energy in our space and we have a hard time, there are so many ways to just bypass it. And then that's more than kind of the... um, I would say like the neurotic or like the unaware feminine, 
right? So like the unaware kind of neurotic feminine is like, I'm actually feeling emotions in myself, but they're really difficult. Instead of surrendering to them and honoring them and knowing that by being present with them, they'll have to actually shift. I'm actually going to go watch television, be in this like passive feminine receiver mode where something is telling me, giving me programming and kind of allowing me to dissociate from this or to move away from this, which is actually an insight of what we actually need. So I'm speaking a lot to different pieces here, and a lot of them tie into freedom, what I've talked about before. A lot of them tie into permission energy. All of these episodes really are intertwined in a big way. They build off of one another, but it feels like I'm giving you a fractal or a mandala. It's all part of the same picture, but I'm just taking little pieces of it. And so my challenge, sort of when you're listening to this, whether you agree or whether you disagree, um, is to check in with yourself and saying, how does my energy feel? Do I feel like I'm allowing myself to be in a surrendering, checking in on my emotional needs in a receiving place? Do I allow myself to also create and go outward and have more of this masculine extroverted creation energy? Do I allow myself that balance or is there some part of my life that feels unbalanced? And am I also looking for people in my life to balance those things? I cannot tell you how many times I'll see someone that is unbalanced in that energy. And so then they find a partner that either overrides, has stronger energy than them or balances. We're always trying to figure out how to be balanced and we're always trying to figure out how to kind of help our systems regulate in a way. So sometimes we pick partners that have the exact energy as us because it feels safe. And sometimes we pick people that have the exact opposite because we actually know in a smart way that we need more of their energy, even though we're angry at it or frustrated at it or needing more of it. Usually we pick partners, I will say more often than not, that tend to have some medicine in there, some energy, something to teach us in a way. If you pick someone that's exactly like you in a lot of ways, there might be perhaps more alignment sort of energetically, and maybe you're just feeling more balanced. Not saying that everyone that picks someone like them is a more balanced partnership. Don't want to create that stereotype either. But we tend to, I see the human body, I see ourselves, whether we realize it or not, is we're always trying to heal ourselves, whether that tactic is actually healing. Sometimes that's a question right? Sometimes we use old strategies that maybe helped for a certain time. And then rather than really sitting in and saying, okay, well, can I do something new? Can I rest in something new? We tend to keep that strategy going and it feels old or outdated in some sort of way, like old patterning. I can't tell you how many folks that I talk to and they're like, I keep doing the same thing and I know it doesn't help, but I don't know what else to do. And I'm like, well, what, what happens when you listen? What happens when you listen to yourself to see if there's more insight? Most people don't actually want to listen there. And it's so funny because there's so much freedom there. There's so much freedom of feeling into the different parts of us that are so wise, that intuition, that guide sort of piece. So when I'm helping people tap into their intuition and their guides, listening to yourself is really hard because sometimes we tune ourselves out because there is so much negativity in there or not a lot of positive comments or there's judgment. And so sometimes listening and considering in ourselves can be really, really hard. But once we start sitting in ourselves and listening and actually seeing the, you know, the angry t-ball coach or the Eeyore or the things like that, we can have amusement around it. And you're like, wow, that program kind of has been running this whole time and I've been trying to bypass it, but I haven't been able to actually see it. And now that I see it, I can see that it's fake. 
I can see that it's not really real. It's like by somehow looking at the details, we can see more and we can be like, wow, yeah, didn't see all that. (laughs) And I think sometimes people get overwhelmed of like, if I look at all those things then I might have to change or I might have to do those things. But that's where I like to teach people energy work because you don't have to know what things are necessarily to let them go. You just have to know that they're not that yours, right? Like I'm, when I'm vacuuming, I'm not going to look at every single thing on the floor. I'm just going to vacuum it up because I'm like, that's not, that's not needed. You know, not saying I try to vacuum up every object on the floor, but I have a lot of plants all around my house and it's like, yep, don't need those leaves. Like going to vacuum that up. I don't need to examine every little thing. I just have to give myself permission to say, yep, I'm cleaning house. I'm doing this. So when you're working with your thoughts, you don't necessarily have to dive in and get every picture. You just have to know what's not in alignment for you anymore. What doesn't make you feel good? What programming are you willing to give up in order to make room for more of you, for more of your spirit, for more of your intuition? So again, some of the bullet points of this are not everyone is in the overactive masculine. Not everyone is in the, you know, underwhelming neurotic feminine. I'm bringing a point that I see a lot of people that I come in contact with, especially women in my private practice, in a lot of the conventions that I go to that are very successful or are trying to be very successful or are trying to create businesses or families and are just constantly doing over and over and over again. And unfortunately, there's this sense of purpose. There's this sense of alignment. There's this sense of worthiness that can come from that. But the problem is, again, if we picture this fountain mentality, if a fountain continues to give out and doesn't receive to a certain amount, it's going to burn out. And it's going to create this pattern that a trickle of nourishment coming in that you're supposed to be able to put out this massive amount of energy all the time. And then it could create these loops and these secret wishes and these secret aches around, could someone just take the reins? You know, can I just, can someone take the reins? Maybe I'll sit in the passenger seat with the map and kind of help guide, but can I just know that someone can take care of things that I'm safe, that I'm safe to let go? This is a really hard thing for most people to do. And I'm sure you can probably sense as I'm talking about this, the reason I I feel like I can speak to it is because I know it. Again, I spent most of my life constantly overdoing, constantly in a place of how do I put this out here? And I thought by like putting it out there, I would be able to call in what I was looking for. But what I was looking for was already there. It was just this wealth of riches inside of me that I just wasn't listening to because I was so focused on trying to do and find things outside of me when I just had to surrender what's in. I just had to hear my own inner call. And we all have that. Our own inner call. We have our own specific spiritual soul song in there. And sometimes, yes, we pick up a drum to start beating to see if it helps it go out. Maybe we pick up tarot cards. Maybe we pick out these things outside of us to kind of help reverberate it on the inside. But there is nothing on the outside truly that is going to surpass the wealth that's actually inside. And that's the frustrating part is that you are just reclaiming what's already there. You're not trying to build something inside of yourself. This is literally a treasure that is already there. You are just, like I've said before, peeling off these layers, which are patterning, which are ideas. And when I say patterns or ideas, that's people in your family that maybe you were growing up. I can't tell you how many kids are super psychic growing up and they point things out in the environment that they see and parents go, oh no, that's not real. Or, oh no, I can't see it like that. Or they put another idea. And as kids, 
you know, we're just like Play-Doh. We're like, oh, okay, sounds good. Like, cool, I'll take that. I'll take that on. I won't trust myself. I won't trust what I saw. And so it's very difficult as a parent to kind of help guide your kids and also give them their own sense of inner knowing. There's a certain amount of structure that's really helpful. And if we put too much structure in there, we actually block their own light. And so when they're trying to connect with it, they can only connect with our energy and it feels really inauthentic. And then they spend their lives sometimes pushing against that. You know, I can't tell you how many kids that I see that grow up in families that gave them a lot of structure and then they hit 13 or 14 and all of a sudden there's rebellion that just steamrolls through or they stop going to school or they start doing drugs and parents are like, they were such a good kid. You know, we did it perfectly. They followed the rules all the time. And I'm like, yeah, they did everything that you wanted them to do. Did they ever develop their own inner compass? Was that actually in balance? And did they start in some wisdom-like way, start pushing against all of these outer things because they realized that they weren't connected to themselves? And so they are testing the waters to figure out who they are. So I have a lot of love for parents. It is a really, really tricky ride super, super tricky ride to figure out how to honor the soul in front of you and how to help guide it so that I can learn to really exist in society in a healthy way. So I spoke on a lot of different topics, so I hope you're, you're hanging with me a little bit. But the main pieces, like I said before, around the overactive masculine is really, really connecting in and making sure that you are in a balanced, energetic place, that you're really honoring yourself so that if you're really trying to hear your intuitive system and your guides and trying to do all of that, do all of those things by doing less and listening more, receiving more. Grab a huge pile of blankets and pillows and put yourself in this sweet nest on the floor and start listening to your heartbeat. Start putting a hand on your heart and one on your stomach and breathing in and letting yourself imagine being held, knowing that you're enough, sensing into that energy and asking, is there anything that I need to know? Is there anything that would help me hear myself better right now? And just listen and receive. There really isn't one person at one point, if they listen long enough and they practice receiving, that doesn't, the voice comes through. But in order for the voice to come through, by sitting there and receiving and breathing, you are letting yourself release. You give yourself permission to ground out any of the layers that have gotten in the way from this being a source to listening to yourself as seeing that as a source code for you. Thank you so much for listening to me bring a lot of these topics to you, including today the overactive masculine connecting in with your spirit guides and how some of this energy can really block being in a receiving mode of hearing yourself. If you would like to develop more of these skills in yourself, please feel free to visit my website at soulessencewellnesscenter.com. I have a lot of different options, sometimes one-on-one work, sometimes just individual readings, and I have ongoing energy medicine programs where I teach you how to work with energy in your body, which I call root medicine, and we build our way up through this by working with the different chakras all the way up to the top, which I call the branch medicine or receiving and going outward and connecting with spirit. This is a way that we learn how to bridge medicine. This is the way that we learn how to bridge earth and sky in ourselves so that we have a balanced, spiritually soulful and also grounded existence. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us this week on Soul Essence Wellness Center's podcast. 
make sure to visit Zandra's website, soulessencewellnesscenter.com to find more resources about how to transform your life. Zandra is available for private coaching, energy healings, psychic readings, and much more.